Yo, 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 what's going on, good people? The Mateus, Monday, August 29, 2022. Time is 4.22 p.m. Eastern Time. You're on with another episode of 129 of The Bridge. Get out with Big Ron Brown, Big Kush King. Kush is all the same here, bringing my humble opinion about things that's going on in our everyday lives, things that we talk about, mainly for me, sports, music, politics, current events on the local, national, and global level, things that we talk about, things that's going on in our everyday lives. Got a nice show for you going on that I'm going to talk about today. Uh, wicked weather, man. Wicked weather here in the United States. Wicked weather that's going on around the country. August 29th, for those of my people who live in the state of Mississippi, like I uh, live in the state of Mississippi, that's my home state. August 29th, 17 years ago, 2005, that's when Hurricane Katrina made landfall in the coast of Mississippi and caused record-breaking damage to that region, to that state, region, entire area. So... This is the uh, 17th anniversary today of Hurricane Katrina. So for all the people who were affected by that hurricane, I always tell people this story. Um, I moved to Philadelphia August 10th, 2000, 2005, to start working for Amtrak. And um, Hurricane Katrina, I left Mississippi two and a half weeks before Katrina struck. And I just remember that day going to work that Monday morning and looking at the news and looking at the Weather Channel and how everything was just, it was just the worst that people had ever seen it. I was trying to call home to check on my mom, check on my grandmother and my folks down there. Lines were cut off. My mom said they didn't have power for two weeks. Uh, it was just crazy, 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 crazy. My mother was telling me that all the highways and interstates down there looked like someone took a bunch of grenades and just, and just threw them. Just trees, debris, damages, loss of life, you name it. Uh, so... On this anniversary of those who were affected by Hurricane Katrina, you are definitely in my prayers. I know what that storm, I know what that hurricane did to that region. That region has bounced back. It's been major hurricanes since then. But nothing in comparison of what Hurricane Katrina did and what it almost, it, how it all, how that region, state of Mississippi, Louisiana, um, it crippled that state for a long time. It crippled it. So um, the resilience of the people in the Gulf Coast region, every August 29th, my thoughts and prayers are definitely with you because I know that was not an easy ordeal to overcome. So it just shows you the strength of some good, uh, the strength and resiliency of the people in the South. Like I said, Mississippi, I live in Philadelphia, but Mississippi is my home state. So just wanted to throw that out there real quick. Um, other things to talk about, 700 pieces of documents. Uh, that were retrieved from Trump's home in Florida. Um, you have all these school board, their decision about the police chief and the families of what they're going to do to get a, um, a large settlement for the victims of that shooting. Uh, talk about the rain here and rain in the state of Mississippi, how uh, they, were, uh, they were preparing for um, the crest of the river in Jackson, Mississippi. The um, mayor of Jackson is urging people to get out. Um, other contract issues that we're going to talk about in the NFL, college football, Kevin Durant going saying he's going to remain with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, the settlement involving um, Vanessa Bryant and the other victims of that uh, helicopter crash. Of course, they took the life of the late, great Kobe Bryant, his daughter, Gianna, and other people that were on that helicopter, as well as other things that we're going to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, as we always do, the last two and a half years, we're going to talk about COVID. Um, as of right now, 94.94 million Plus cases of COVID are still here in the United States. One million people, one million plus people have died as a result of COVID. 609 million doses of vaccines have been given. 224 million people have been fully vaccinated, which is at a rate of 68.68%. I'll read those numbers again. 
94 million plus people have 94 million plus cases of COVID still here in the United States. One million people plus people have died as a result of COVID-19. 609 million doses of vaccines have been given. 220 million people, 224 million people have been fully vaccinated at a rate of 68.8 per 68%. People, please. I'm going to say it once. I've said it a million times, as I've always done on this show. If you have not been, go get vaccinated. If you are eligible to get the booster shot, get the booster shot. Um, numbers are steady spiking. We're not over it. We're trying to turn the curve. We're trying to get through this. But the only way we are truly going to be able to get through this is if everyone who has not done so, go get vaccinated, go get the booster shot. Sitting around doing nothing is not the answer. It's not going to help anything. That's not the solution to the problem. Doing nothing is not the answer. Just hoping that this goes away is not the answer. The best way to reduce this, because you can't eliminate it, but you can reduce it. Go get the vaccination. Go get the booster shot. That's the only way we can reduce it, because we probably will never eliminate. This virus is going to be like the flu. It's going to be like how it's something that we have never dealt with ever. And it's probably going to be here for the rest of our lives. So, like I said before, sit around doing nothing is not going to help the situation. Uh, talking about the wicked weather, man, uh, the weather that's on, weather climate is going on. Said a flood in Pakistan killed over 1,000 people. Uh, said the monsoon-type hurt, uh, rains have been going on, I believe, since June or July. Uh, 1,000 people have died as a result of it. 30 million people have been affected. Because of the rain, the heavy rains and floods over in Pakistan, 300,000 homes have been destroyed. The Red Cross, I believe, is um, showing up and helping those people out as much as they possibly can. The uh, military over there is basically doing a search and rescue effort to trying to find as many people as they possibly can over there that are dealing with those massive floods. So definitely my thoughts and prayers are going out to the people over in Pakistan who are dealing with those, dealing with those floods for the past couple months now. Um, war on Ukraine, 25-plus people were killed in a train station attack in the Ukraine. I believe Ukraine was celebrating their Independence Day, and they said that was a major day that Russia would try to attack and kill as many people as they can in one location. And so they attacked, they attacked the train station. 25-plus people were killed at that location. The U.S. and the White House urged any Americans that are in, still in Ukraine, you need to get out now. Yeah, you should have got out six months ago when this when this when this jumped off back in February. So any Americans that are still in the Ukraine for whatever reason, I God only knows why, but uh, this war is not stopping. Ukraine is not backing down, and apparently Russia is going to continue their efforts their efforts and their tactics to keep attacking and keep um, bombing. So just, you 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 just never know. This is unpredictable. You don't know when they're going to strike. You don't know how they're going to strike, and if you're not Russia, if you're not pro-Putin, um, you can be uh, a casualty in this war. But any Americans, are there's just certain places, like I said on one of my podcasts before, um, shows before, anybody, there's certain areas around the world, like Ukraine, North Korea, China, it's just certain places you couldn't pay me to go because obviously uh, because you're an American, you're looked at as the enemy, and if they can hold you hostage in order to use you, for political consumption, they'll do it. So, just my just my humble opinion about what's going on over there. Um, yeah, let's jump to um, Mar-a-Lago 
of course, Florida, Trump's house in Florida, 700 pieces of documents were seized from his um from his place down in Florida, I believe since January. 700 pieces of documents. I don't know about you, but a man in his position and his power, when you have 700 pieces of documents of legislation or treaties or whatever, you're not just holding on to that for safekeeping. You're not just holding on to that as a reminder that you were president just so you can have these legal documents in your possession. You were holding on to that for a specific reason, and we all know how buddy-buddy he was with Putin. We all know how buddy-buddy he was with um, little Kim, Kim, Joan Kim over in North Korea. So 700 documents. That I don't see how you could not indict this man and arrest him for that because I just don't see why holding 700 pieces of documents of federal documents, paperwork, what are you holding on to that for? Who, 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 it, what, what gain are you, what, what are you looking to gain by holding on to those pieces of paper? Those aren't keepsakes. You're not just holding on to that just to say, I, I was the president and I have legal rights to these papers, this paperwork. This is not term papers for college. This is something that's going to, that could affect millions of people's lives in this country or millions of millions of dollars for a, a trade of some sort. And how he's not arrested and indicted for that, that's got to be a felony. It has to be. It just has to be. And so 700 pieces of documents, like I said. He wasn't just holding on to that for safekeeping, so... Uh, Senator Graham said um, earlier, he was just basically saying that if Trump was indicted, that there would be a riot in the streets from his supporters. Well, to those people who said that they we believe, well, all I can say is this. The writing is on the wall. He's going to be indicted. He's going to be arrested. There's no way around it. There's no way in God's green earth. If justice is truly what you say it is in this country, there's no way in hell Donald Trump gets out of this unscathed. There's no way in hell Donald Trump is not arrested, indicted, and spending the rest of his life in jail, in prison. And all of his associates and all of his family members and all of his lawyers and everyone who wants to be, who are attached to Donald Trump, there's no way that they're not looking at jail time. So if there is a riot, like I said in my show a couple of weeks ago, if you want to hit, you want to ruin your life or let them cost you your life, you're not going to be remembered as a martyr. You're not going to be remembered for someone doing something righteous or or you were fighting for your freedom. You're going to be remembered two ways: an incarcerated idiot or a dead dummy. Point blank, period. That's how you will be remembered. Everyone that wants to support Trump and support his call and willing to die and fall on your sword for Donald Trump, you will be remembered as an incarcerated idiot or a dead dummy, period. That's just my humble opinion. The people of Uvalde, Texas, of course, we all know the um, horrific um, shooting that took place, the mass shooting at that school, took the lives of um, dozens, a lot of babies at that elementary school. School board decided to fire the police chief. I believe they suspended the principal. And the families are suing for 30 of excess, excess of $30 billion. That's what they're looking for in the settlement. 
um, drop the ball on safety for the kids at that school, that's an understatement. One of the little girls who was speaking at the testimonials, um, as far as the decision-making and what they should do, she basically told the truth. She said, kids, because as we all know, it's the late August, so school is starting for most places, um, going back to school. But that horrific day that happened a couple months ago is still there. The, the, the sounds of it, the horror behind it is still there. They still have to live with that, to go to walk in that hallway or that classroom and remember that's, that's a, that was a very traumatic event. That's traumatic for an average adult, let alone a child, to go back to that place and remember every single thing about that day, how it felt, how it sounded, how it smelled, everything. And a little girl basically told the truth. She said, we don't feel safe under your watch. We don't feel safe under your leadership. And that's a damn shame. That's a shame. I have a, do- I have a daughter. I have, a, I have a young son who's three months old. And the fact that when you send your children, your babies, who are the most vulnerable and the most precious thing, the most cherished thing on this earth, when you send them out into the world, you want them to be happy, you want them to be healthy, you want them to learn, to, to mingle social skills. Most importantly, you want them to feel safe. You want them to feel safe. And you want them to return to you same way that you gave them back, the, the way you the way you sent them out, that's how you want them to return to you. And a lot of people in that situation drop the ball from the top all the way down. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what happened with that situation um, in Uvalde, Texas, with that settlement. Um, Debt Relief Act was signed. For millions of people last week, um, as far as student loans, uh, access to $10,000 will be awarded to those who most need, who need it the most to help out with student loan um, relief. Yeah, of course, you had a lot of people who are in political offices saying that they shouldn't do this. Well, if I, if I work myself up and pay back my student loans, why should I have to do this? I <laughs> so many things that I can say about that, but what I'm going to say is this. People who want to go to school, who want to learn, who want to educate and inform themselves, who want to get a degree, who want to have a better life for themselves, it's a damn shame that millions of people have been penalized in this country because they wanted a higher education, because they wanted a degree. Because in this country, they they put such emphasis on having a college degree, but there's a trick, there's a catch. We're gonna give you. Yeah, we're gonna give. We're gonna let you apply for these student loans. You're gonna have a nice shiny bachelor's degree or a master's degree or a PhD hanging up on your wall. But the catch to it is a kicker. We're gonna have you in debt to us for the next 25, 30 years of your life. Do you think that's fair? Not everyone comes for money. Not everyone has. Uh, a bank account or, or, or debit and credit cards and stocks and bonds and trust funds set up for them as soon as they're born. So for some people, in order to get that degree, they had to take out loans. They had to work two and three jobs and put themselves in and, and, and knowing for the next, some of them, I, I have classmates. I've been, I graduated high school in 2001. 
21 years ago. Some of my classmates who graduated college four or five years later after that, here we are 21 years later, some of my classmates who are got a bachelor's, master's, Ph.D., 21 years later, they are still paying back the loans to have that degree. And this country is like, you, it's not like people are just going to college and don't want to learn and don't want to succeed. It's so damn expensive. That's what makes people just say, you know what, I don't want to go back. I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, I'll have a degree up on my wall, but I'll be in debt for the next 25, 30 years of my life. That ain't fair. That ain't something that I want to be able to look at my degree on my wall, but I'm looking at a mountain full of paperwork, of bills, that I'm still paying for the rest of my life. And if I'm not making $100,000 a year, how in the hell am I supposed to let it be? You're basically working to pay bills and to pay off the debt. So I'm glad that they signed this act because there are a lot of people that need it, that need it desperately, that need it badly. One day I hope to go back and get my degree. I would love to get my degree in communication, mass communication, hopefully. But I'm not trying to spend the rest of my life paying for it. I'm not trying to be 50, 60, 70 years old still paying off a damn loan that I took out when I was in my 20s or 30s. Nah, but hopefully this gives some people... um, relief that they desperately need. Hundreds of people down in Mississippi, Brandon, Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, it's been rain, 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 rain. You go from, it seems like with weather, you in this weather and lately, you go from one extreme to the other because of a lot of people in the uh, south, southwest, midwest. Uh, two or three months ago, they went a drought. They couldn't get it. It was just dust. So much so that it was causing fires in um, a lot of areas of the country because of lack of rain. Now it's just like now you're getting so much rain out there. Now they're in a position where they're saying it's a flood in a lot of areas, especially in Jackson, Mississippi, my home state. Um, I believe it's Pearl River, the crest at 35, 40 feet. Uh, they went through a similar situation in um, 2020, where a lot of people are still just recovering from that two years ago. And it's just they showed the video of the kids being rescued from, I think, was a preschool. They showed a nursing home where they had to um, rescue up to 50 to 40, 40 to 50 people out of a nursing home. And the fact that the area still might be getting some more rain is just, I don't know if there's a, if, if climate, that climate acted by the sign last week, if they can do anything to help it. But not doing anything and not, not getting into action far as something that we can do as a human race because I mean weather is weather you're going to have bad weather, you're going to have storms you're going to have tornadoes, you're going to have hurricanes I get it but if there's something that we can do from our standpoint as human beings to reduce it can't eliminate it but reduce it as much as we possibly can on our part, I'm all for it I am all for it uh, let's get into some sports news real quick. Uh, Kevin Durant is going to remain with the Brooklyn Nets. I guess his trade demands went unheard. Owner of the Brooklyn Nets is basically saying, no, you're not going to Phoenix. No, you're not going to Miami. Not this year. We're going to give this one more try because uh, Kyrie Irving signed a one-year contract deal to remain with Brooklyn. And so I guess the owner of the Nets basically 
Like Stephen A. Smith has been saying, Shannon Sharp has been saying, they gave the man everything. Kevin Durant, they gave you for three years since you've been in Brooklyn. They gave you the coach you wanted. They gave you uh, Kyrie Irving. They put you two together. They shined, they, they went out and got James Harden. That didn't work. They shipped him off. They went out and got other players. They gave you a four-year, $198 million max contract, which kicks in when the season starts in October. And I understand the first year you were hurt, but since you signed with the Brooklyn Nets, they have only won one playoff series. That's not getting banged for my buck. <laughs> and the owner, I don't blame him for saying, you're going to give me one more year. Of you and Kyrie Irving, you guys made this mess, so you're going to clean it up. I don't blame him. You, he's going to say, we're going to give this one more chance. Maybe because all Stephen A. Smith was saying on first take that he talked with Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons seems to have his head on, have his, seems to be focused, seems to be ready for the season to start. He was going through a lot personally. That we'll never know about. All we can report, all we can say about what's going on with him on the court. But apparently he says he's better, he's right, he's focused, he's ready for the season. And I guess the owner of New, York, New Jersey, um, New Jersey, Brooklyn Nets, was saying, I'm going to get at least one year of Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, and um, Kevin Durant together. I'm going to give this one year to see what this could be. If everyone is bought in, because everybody keeps saying that they're the favorites, even if they're, if they're bought in to win a championship. Well, we'll have to say, I believe it when I see it. But at least for the 2022-2023 season, it's going to be Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Steve Nash as the coach. See what happens. We'll see. The Dallas Cowboys, my favorite football team since I was eight years old, has become the first franchise in the entire in, in pro football that is now worth $8 billion. Um, <laughs> Jerry Jones bought the team back in 1989 for $140 million. And now, 33 years later, that team is worth $8 billion. That is definitely a bang for your buck. It's safe to say, you can say, yeah, you can say he made a 150, 150% return on his money. Um, it's the owner being the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, even though there's been some ups and downs, they haven't won the Super Bowl since 95. Trust me, I know, I, I know this painfully. We haven't been to the NFC Championship game since 1995. I get it. And a lot of people love to because there's a lot of Cowboy haters all over the world. But one thing for certain, two things for sure. The Dallas Cowboys, the name, the Dallas Cowboys, the brand, the Dallas Cowboys, the owner, the Dallas Cowboys as a franchise cannot be denied. You can watch any show, any show. You can watch First Take, Stephen A. Smith. You can watch Undisputed with Skip and Shannon. You can watch Get Up. You can watch... Uh, Pardon interruption. You can watch uh, any show, any 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 sport, any sports show, any network. I guarantee you, guarantee you, four days out of the five days of the week that it's on, the Dallas Cowboys will be talked about, and they haven't won a Super Bowl since 1995. Doesn't matter because Jerry Jones made it that way, and that's the brilliance of Jerry Jones. Now, he does have three Super Bowls. He won three Super Bowls as owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Can't take that away from him. But he said, you know what? If I can't win, I'm going to have a good time, and I'm going to make a lot of money doing it. And he has certainly done that. So I don't think the Jones family, you did that. 
the Dallas Cowboys franchise will be owned by the Jones family probably until the end of time because it's being the owner of the Dallas Cowboys is priceless. It is what it is. So a lot of people don't like that, but whatever, get over it. <laughs> Nick Saban agrees to a contract extension to the twenty to until year twenty thirty to remain the head football coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. I believe his salary is going to be making eleven million dollars a year. If there's anybody that deserves that, that should have that is Nick Saban. A lot of people don't like Nick Saban, but the fact of the matter is, since the man has taken over the program in 2008, if I'm not mistaken, Alabama has won five or six national championships under his watch, produced multiple players to go to the NFL, SEC championships, you name it. No, no, Nick Saban is possibly the greatest college football coach of all time because his numbers back it up. Period. Numbers don't lie. Titles don't lie. Championship trophies don't lie. The amount of players that has been selected to go to the NFL from Alabama under his watch don't lie. So, hey, it is what it is. That program is one of the best programs in the country, and Nick Saban is going to be paid like it. So congratulations to him on that. Uh, Vanessa Bryant, the wife of the late great Kobe Bryant and others, were awarded $16 million dollars because of the uh, settlement in reference to the photographs that were shown the day uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi and others that were in the helicopter plane crashed, they were leaked out. Um, the fact that people are so were so eagerly to, to get those photos out and not have compassion or sensitivity to a situation just to be the first to say you got it out is just sickening to me. And Vanessa Bryant has been saying that she's still, of course, two and a half years since Kobe has been gone. She still struggled with it. I mean, she not only lost her husband, she lost her daughter. She she lost twice that day. And I don't even want to, no one can imagine the pain, the heartache that she's felt since that day. And the fact that they didn't have enough sensitivity or compassion to, to hold off showing those pictures. They just wanted to be the first ones to get them out. I don't blame her for suing And there's no, there's no, never going to be any closure or peace behind it. I just hope that she's able to take that, the money she got from the settlement, and do something with it. Because there's no, you just want to, you just wish for her and her rest of her family peace and comfort in any way possible. Because something like that, you're never going to be over it. So that's just my humble opinion. Chet Holmgren, the number two overall pick in the NBA this past summer in the NBA draft, uh, he's going to miss the entire season because of a foot injury. A lot of people were basically saying that um, his ability was never a question. His availability was going to be because he's a thin guy. He's not a very big guy. And the fact that he injured himself in a game that didn't matter in a summer league game, um, it's a shame because I like his I like his game. He, a lot of people saying that they remind him as far as a little bit. not saying he is Kevin Durant, but that's what people remind him because of his thin build and his frame and the way he plays the game. But they were saying that his durability could have been would come into question, and that question has been answered because he didn't even make it to training camp. So it's a shame because a lot of people were looking forward to seeing him play. I was looking forward to seeing him play in the NBA, but we're gonna have to wait until next season. So hopefully, we'll, uh, wish him a speedy recovery. I want to say rest in peace to Chiefs legend and Hall of Famer Lynn Dawson, who passed away uh, last week, I believe, at the age of 87, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Lynn Dawson was a lifelong Chief. He played for the Chiefs when they won their first Super Bowl back in 1969. He was a quarterback. 
and um, played there, I believe, for 14 seasons. And I believe he was there for 25 or 30 plus years as a broadcaster for the Kansas City Chiefs. So he was definitely he was a, he was a chief through and through on the field and off the field. So uh, rest in peace to him. My condolences definitely go out to his family and friends who lost um, Lynn Dawson last week. And as always, we all come from different races, backgrounds, cultures, places, and statuses, but we are more alike than we are different. When we can see each other, we can find common ground and interest and begin to pick each other's brain and dig into the core of each other respectfully and peacefully. Only then can we begin to heal each other and truly bridge the gap between all of us. Um, one other thing I wanted to get into real quick uh, that I saw. They were saying that uh, Buffalo Bills kicker, uh, Matt Arazia from the Buffalo Bills was uh, released by the Buffalo Bills today in the wake of a gang rape lawsuit that was facing him back when he was in um he was a student when he was in college last year at the, uh, San Diego State University. Apparently, him and two other guys gang raped a 17 year old girl um, for an hour and a half, assaulted her so that she was bleeding. Uh, genitalia damage, psychological damage, emotionally, any type of damage you can think of. Um, the Buffalo Bills said, her quickly said, we don't want that a part of our game. We don't want anything to do with that. And you will be released and not be a part of our organization. Um, I have a daughter. I have a goddaughter. I have nieces. I have cousins, family. I, I can't imagine what that father's going through. Apparently he was on the news just basically giving this horrific detail of what happened to his daughter. Like I said, me being a father of a little girl and I have a goddaughter and nieces, I can't even imagine. And Matt Arazia and the two other people, if they, if this is true, what happened and they did this, uh, throw the book at them. And, uh, yeah, they need the entire book thrown at them if they, if they, if they did this. Because... Raping a girl like that, raping anyone, you rape someone, that's, that's, that's it's, it's just despicable. It's sickening, and I have no respect for anybody that does that to any human being. I don't give a damn. It, the male, female, doesn't matter. That's just a situation I can't respect. It's sickening, it's pathetic, and they should get the entire book thrown at them. And hopefully justice will prevail in that situation, and uh, that young girl and their family can have some sort of peace and comfort knowing that if justice, if they did that, that they would get some type of justice. So that's just my thought on that real quick. Um, I will be posting this podcast to uh, Anchor Podcast as well as to my Facebook and my Twitter page. Uh, people, please go get vaccinated. Take care of yourself. And uh, until next week, I'll talk with you guys then. Have a good one. Peace.